Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Thursday morning. Glad you've joined us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen who are out there taking care of us. want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. They are, well, you know who they are. They, they've been with us this whole time. They've been in Starkville for, for decades, it seems. And, you know, going back even further than that, when that place was Woody's, I mean, the roots of that, of Strange Brew Coffeehouse are embedded deep into Starkville. It's a great local business. It deserves your support. Make sure you're heading over there in the morning time to get yourself a little something to get your day started with, or if you need that afternoon boost, like my co-host Joel Coleman, he he is a. Did, did they, they know you're coming? Do they just like? All right, it's getting it's getting close. To, if they if you weren't there by two, might they send out a search party? They might, they might. Yeah, I, I don't know. I will say that since Christmas, I have been less frequent there because I have it at home now, home. and so sometimes I just you know. I hear you. It's easier you. to brew it at the at the house, but sometimes you want it. It's kind of like when you drink water straight out the hose. Yeah, oh yeah. you got to go. I to know the exactly place. what you're talking about. You got to go to the place and, yeah, and the get the source. It. Yes, right. I so got you. I today's going to be a day where they get a visit. Well, that's great to hear. So that'll be approximately 42 minutes from now. We'll Unless we decide to do another two-hour show. Today. No, that's not going to happen today. We <laughs> that's we that's once every blue moon kind of thing. So don't make a trip to Strange Brew once every blue moon. Make it every day. College Corner and CollegeCornerStore.com. That's the place to shop. For the biggest and best selection of MSU merchandise in central Mississippi. Two locations to serve you in Jackson. They are in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. You can always shop on collegecornerstore.com. And guys, with Mother's Day just a couple weeks away, time to shop is now. For that lady in your life that loves the maroon and white almost as much as she loves you, you need to check out College Corner and grab her something nice. Some new clothes, something new for the house, something new for her car. Whatever it is, it's available to you at College Corner. I'm just looking over the old humble taco menu here. Need to, need to head over there this week because I've only been there a couple times and I, the menu is just so good. I need to check some new stuff out. I need to try some new things here, Joel. This is the you can hear. You can hear that I actually it's not a, it's not it's not a fake thing. I've actually got a menu right here. I mean, the, so many combinations with the tacos. Those made in-house tortillas with the Mississippi sweet potatoes, Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. It's not. It's a lot more than just a slogan there. When you look at this menu and you see all the local products that are available on, and all the different stuff they've got for everybody, you know, vegetarians, gluten-free, keto, whatever it is you're trying to do to stay healthy, man, you can do that and eat great food at Humble Taco. Joel, we're gonna talk a little football in the uh, second half of the show. We'll uh, break down the cornerbacks, which should be our one of our most fun uh, positional breakdowns ever because a lot of positives in that one. But we're going to start with baseball. Regional projections, we talked about it the other day. Now's the time where you start looking at them and start thinking, okay, these are taking shape. These are the guys that are actually going to be in it. It's, 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 it's so interesting to look at some of these and, and you know, who's headed where and, and what they've got going on, especially, you know, I'll be honest, it's just weird to look at these and not see LSU. They're not in these. They're not, they're not going to the tournament. 
Um, two, they put themselves on a path to get back in. We'll see. That path goes through Arkansas, though. That's going to be very difficult for them. Um, let's look at the, 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 the two big ones, obviously. Uh, you've got D1 Baseball and Baseball America. We'll start with Baseball America. That one came out on Wednesday. Our friend Teddy Cahill has MSU as the number eight national seed uh, with Miami, South Alabama, and Jackson State in their regional. Jackson State in MSU's regional, that seems to be a locked-in thing at this point. I expect the Tigers here. <laughs> that first week or that first week of, of tournament play. Well, I mean, they correct me if I'm wrong, but the NCAA has basically said these regional sites or whatever the regionals this year will be more, a little more geographic, geographic yeah, like pods. And well, I mean, people don't makes, have to travel as far, and that it sort makes of thing. sense to send the SWAC champion to uh, an in-state regional. Yes, you know, and so normally, in a lot of years, that's southern of Baton Rouge and. It's just an easy trip for them across the highway there yeah. to LSU. Southern, of course, was here in 2019. Uh, so, you know, yeah, Jackson State, it makes sense to send them to Starville at Oxford, basically. Yeah. Um, State is paired with Greenville, North Carolina. That would be the East Carolina Regional, where the 2C there, 2, two through 4, Old Dominion, North Carolina, and Rhode Island. Rhode Island, what's the mascot? Oh, I have no idea. The Rams. I don't. I don't know why. I, I was thinking it was an R word or something. I about said Roadrunners, but that just <laughs> they don't have Rhode Island Roadrunners. That wouldn't. But, <laughs> but that just no. I was pretty sure that wasn't right. There you go. So the Rams. The Rams. There we go. Uh, so Starkville pair with East Carolina. That's a that's that's a tougher that's a tough opponent. East Carolina is a good baseball team. We all know who Cliff Godwin is. Coached at Ole Miss. Was on the radar for Mississippi State's job a couple years ago before Chris Lamonis was hired. And has done a really good job of building up that program into basically a year in year out team that is not only in you know in the tournament discussion, but it's in this discussion here, the hosting discussion. Yeah. They're the nine seed, which means if things go their way a couple of, in a couple of series, they could very easily get into the, the the top eight and be a team that's hosting a super regional. So that is a that's a difficult matchup for Mississippi State. East Carolina's a good team. I like the the, the regional matchup. Obviously, Miami was here a couple of years ago. Anyway, it's just not postseason baseball if Mississippi State's not playing Miami or Florida State. They're playing them somehow. <laughs> it does every feel year. that way. Every year, those two teams. State has been to Miami's regional, I think, twice. They've been to Tallahassee at least twice. Tal. Miami was here in 19. Obviously, Florida State was here in 90 with Burke Masters. Yeah. I really do. I associate – there are some programs I associate with Mississippi State postseason baseball. It's the ones you mentioned. Clemson's in there, too. Clemson and State have played a few times, for sure. Cal State Fullerton played them a couple of times. But Florida State and Miami, just, you just can't get away from those guys for whatever <laughs> reason. Um, and, of course, you know, for me – being a, sort of an older guy, I had never, I didn't know Maine played football, but I knew they played baseball because State got sent to the Maine Regional one year up there in, I think it's pronounced Arano, Maine. We're trying to get some Maine talk here. Hey, I was going to say that we, we, had that happened later on, maybe Thunder and Lightning could have had a Maine had listener. A, a Maine listener. We were trying. Did you see the guy who tweeted us that picture? By the way, of yeah, a table full of lobster. We need to go visit. We need to go talk to somebody at the Maine Chamber of Commerce. We could do a live show in Maine. Yeah. Well, whoever the quarterback was of that Maine team to beat Mississippi State, we'll bring him on. Yeah. Relive those memories. I mean, next year would be like the the fifth. One, one, no, it's already been. It's uh, yeah, it's past it. We're, it was two thousand three. We gotta get to twenty twenty. It was oh four. We gotta get to twenty four to get to the twenty year anniversary. Yeah, there we go. But we'll, we'll worry about that later. So that's the uh, the the baseball America uh, regional projections. 
D1 baseball a little is easier a little, road. little easier road. State is the four national seed there with Southern Miss, Miami, and Jackson State. So the only difference here is, 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 is Southern Miss, and they're the two seed. Paired with Charlotte as the 13 seed nationally, uh, Charlotte and Conference USA. So here, here, the long and the short of it here is I, as I pull up the Charlotte Regional. I didn't have it in front of me. Um, the Charlotte Regional is Florida. Ooh, that, that could be a little, little tasty if they got out of there. North Carolina and Northeastern. That's a difficult regional for Charlotte. Chances are they aren't coming out of that. You're probably going to end up playing Florida. So some people were like, I don't like that regional. For State, that's as easy a regional as you can get. You're talking about the toughest team is probably the third place or second place Conference USA team. Then you've got Miami, who you've beaten before, and Jackson State, who you know you're going to beat. The tough, the tough part for that is if Florida comes out, Florida was preseason, you know, top five. Uh, they've got a ton of talent, and you're sort of skipping them this year. But all in all, to me, I look at that and I say, that is a very doable path to Omaha from that particular postseason plan. Oh, no doubt about it. And, I mean, it bears mentioning every year, too, that once you get into, especially once you get past a regional, assuming you do, whoever you're playing super is good. So it's right. kind of a coin flip from there anyway. Unless something unusual has yeah. happened. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if that's how it plays out, you welcome that regional with open arms. Anything can happen in baseball. We all know it. We've all seen it before. But you want to be heavily favored in a regional? Put that one together. And I think State's built for a regional regardless of who comes. Anyway, with, with with the number of options they have pitching-wise, I think they're built to even have a, a little bit of margin for error and a screw-up and battle back through the loser's bracket. You don't want to do that, but I feel like they're built to where they can. When you look at the top four regionals, the two-seed in all of them is a Power 5 team until you get to Mississippi State. Arkansas is the one. Their two is Baylor. Nashville, Vanderbilt's number two. Their two is Florida State. TCU is three. Their two is Arizona State, who I know has got hitters. And then you have Starkville, the two-seed is Southern Miss. Who you've already beaten. and who you've already beaten and you historically have been able to beat. And who... I'll be honest with you, I hadn't kept up with Southern Miss a ton. They're good. But offensively, there's issues there. Or there mm-hmm. was the first half of the They season. are very similar to Mississippi State. They have some hitters, but pitching is their strength. So if that's the case, I feel like Mississippi State's pitching is better than Southern Miss's pitching. You feel pretty good about that. Also interesting in the D1 uh, uh, bracket, there is no Oxford Regional. Ole Miss is on the road at Louisville. By the way, Ooh. listen, this is the Chris Lamonis Invitational. Because Louisville's the one seed. Indiana? Ole Miss and Indiana are paired off. So you've got where he used to coach as an assistant, where he used to coach as the head coach, and his biggest rival in one region. All you need is the Citadel as the four, and that would just be... I I was wondering about that. They are not the four. It's Moorhead State. (laughs) But it's Moorhead, so there's an MSU connection there. It's not spelled the same. But regardless, I saw that and I was just like... I know Chris Lamontis won't say anything, but deep down, he's going to be like, well, can we be scheduled so that I'm watching that game and I'm not playing at that time? And, I'm like, and then he, you know, he might have Indiana versus Louisville, his two former schools and his best friend in coaching. And what's inter- another interesting part about that is that's a 5-12 matchup, so we're not too far off from Mississippi State in this D1 bracket from Mississippi State being paired with Louisville, and then you'd have to have – the showdown that those guys said they don't want to have again. Well, you would also, if that was how it ended up working out, if Ole Miss came out of that regional, you could 
You could have the state old Miss Super. Let's let's not do put any undue pressure on ourselves. All right, <laughs> gastrointestinally, we don't need that right this second. Let's for for just sheer the. I know for everyone's uh, GERD, <laughs> you know your 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 reflux. Yeah. Uh, that would not be a good thing to happen, but for sheer theatrics and journalism. Oh yeah, the content. Woo! You can give that to me good. any day. It would be good. So, gosh but, almighty, man, just yeah. rear ends. What I say back a few weeks ago when we were talking about something, you couldn't feed a sheet of paper between those butt cheeks. I mean, you just wouldn't I'm just be able you right to do now, it. If man, I was MSU, be... I would just put a lump of coal on everybody's seat. By the time they got up, you'd have a stadium full of diamonds. <laughs> Make a lot of money on that one. The D1 path, obviously easier uh, than the uh, the the Baseball America path. And I'm surprised that, you know, where they had – honestly, I'm surprised in Baseball America that State's an eight. Um, it's There seem to be more done by their rankings, I think, a little bit. Well, I guess that's not right either, though, because State was ranked higher in that, in that poll. They have Tennessee ahead of uh, State as the seven seed, whereas D1 has them behind State as the seven seed. So, D one, I haven't heard. They're Ken- higher on Mississippi. Well, State. I was gonna say I hadn't heard Kendall say a lot about, but Aaron's really high on state, like really, really high. On he did state. a chat today, basically saying that state's on his short list of teams that can win the national title, which is an accurate. Assessment. I mean, it's accurate. Yeah, state has the pitching and enough hitting, and it, I'm I'm very interested if would state if state can get to Omaha with that ballpark, how does how different do they look? Because now all of a sudden. You know, a lot of the home runs you've given up aren't home runs anymore. Exactly, and you have your pitching staff has a lot of swing and miss in those arms anyway. Nikita Omaha in that ballpark putting the ball in play. You just got to yeah. put the ball in play, and, and, and State is built to strike you out. Yeah, in a lot of instances. So it's for State if they get to Omaha, mm-hmm. it is going to be the two the two things that will make or break them if they get to Omaha or in the postseason in general. It doesn't have to be Omaha. Will be what Chris Lamonis has harped on a little bit throughout the season. And, and particularly this past weekend, after they can't put freebies on base. You can't mm-hmm. walk guys, and you got to play good defense. Mm-hmm. And right now, that's the that's the two biggest concerns with Mississippi State is it's not even the offense anymore. I don't think. I, I think offensively, State has. I'm not saying that they're clicking on all cylinders by any stretch of the imagination, but they're what we thought they needed to be. I think. I think offensively, they are fine. Yeah, they've got to play good defense, and they got to make sure that they're not hitting batters and. Walking batters and just giving free outs to good teams. It's interesting to look at this, uh, at the rankings for for uh, D one versus how they have <clears throat> the the seating. And I mean, I, obviously, I know that things go into seating beyond the D one baseball rankings. But Louisville's ranked seventh in their poll, but they have them as a twelve seed. Texas is ranked third in their poll; they have them as an eight seed behind. Uh, Mississippi State and TCU, who they have Texas ranked ahead of. Same with same with Tennessee. Uh, it's just it's just it's just a it's interesting. Florida is actually ranked ahead of care uh, of Charlotte, but they have Florida as the two seed in Charlotte's regional. So interesting to see. Some, well, I think I, I don't know how D one does it, but Florida's RPI I think is really low. Yeah, they they haven't they don't have a lot of non conference. They've lost a couple games of Florida State. They lost to they lost that series to Miami early on. So, so there are opportunities to have big RPI wins got away from them. Um, and then in in the conference, I mean, they I'm trying to think that you know they, they beat Ole Miss. They haven't played Arkansas yet. They haven't played Vanderbilt yet. So I mean, they haven't had their big RPI dates in the conference maybe. And I, I, they they got swept by South Carolina. Yeah. So that's sort of where Florida is. 
interesting to look at. And like I said, this is the time of year, four weeks uh, uh, to go in the regular season, that these projections start coming in, into focus, start coming into the idea. Of, like You can start taking some of them with a little bit bigger grain of salt, we should say. Hope it's that D one one. That that feels like a path to Omaha that Mississippi State could easily uh, obtain. Not that not that they wouldn't be favored to go through as the eight seed because you know. And well, I mean, you're, you're going to be playing at home. There's but. nothing wrong with wanting the path of least resistance. I mean, that's oh, that's what you play for. <laughs> oh, yeah. If, you, if, you, if you're telling me the path to Omaha is all right, we're going to give State the three worst teams in this tournament, and then we're going to pair them up with, you know, the absolute lowest possible 16 seed we can you can get. Yeah. Everybody's taking that. Yeah, nobody's getting to Omaha, and then everybody's going to be like, yeah, but you didn't beat anybody. No. to get. Nobody cares. Yeah, nobody cares. You get to Omaha, it's all anybody remembers. Exactly. Exactly. So and, it should uh, be a, an interesting couple. And this weekend is big. You know, I think, it, especially for what that, especially D1, what that shows you, Ole Miss needs to win that series. They might need to sweep it. South Carolina's the 14th seed in that. Ole Miss is a two seed in somebody else's regional. If Ole Miss loses this series, I mean, and Baseball America had them hosting, just for the record. But if Ole Miss loses this series and they lose, that would be five series in a row. That's done. You're not hosting. But if it, on the other flip side of that, like if Ole Miss wins this series. They're right back in it. They're right back in it. And, and that sun, Saturday win against LSU, that comeback, that Huge. may have saved their, saved their, saved their bacon chances. a little yeah. bit. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, we was talking about State, and or I was talking about State and how I feel like they're built for regional and things. Mm-hmm. I really like how State's starting rotation sets up, too, for a regional. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, going into every regional ever, um, it feels like we always have the conversation of, do you hold your ace for the second game or do you start him in the first one? Yeah. And I almost I almost trust Will Bedner a little bit more well, right against, now against than Jackson I Christian State, McLeod. I would start Fristo. You think so? Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't start McLeod or Bedner. That's, against, probably, that's probably a good call. Against uh, them. No chance. To be totally honest with you, I might start Mikey Tepper or, or Houston Harding or somebody. I wouldn't. I wouldn't start. No, the, you'd start Fristo because I mean, ideally, you'd only need three starters. Ideally, you know, because you would like Fristo to get some innings, but the hook is quick. You know, it's like they get a guy on. I'm going to Houston. You know, and then McLeod and, and Bedner for for Saturday Sunday. Yeah, that yeah. for sure. You're not starting McLeod against Jackson State. <laughs> this is. I mean, who got the start against them earlier this year? I guess I got cancer. No, we played one of them, right? They canceled one, but played yes, the right. Other. We played on the Wednesday. I'm pretty sure Houston Harding started that game. So, yeah, I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not starting my number one guy. Yeah, and that's what sort of you know, for Ole Miss, it kind of sucks for them. And I know nobody's gonna have any sympathy out there, but let's say they do get a, a regional, they can't do that. They can't put Derek Diamond or Drew McDaniel out there and try to try to hold Hoagland and Nikhazy. Hoagland's got to go game one. Yeah. And, and and sort of that's what makes yeah. that's what's going to make it difficult for them to get out of their region. And, and another part of this hosting thing, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Um, if you made it through the two hour marathon that was the mm-hmm. rumblings, but I hope you did. Um, I mean, there, there's a chance here that Ole Miss could be selected as a host site and end up as a two in their own ballpark. True, and Very and, true. and in that, I mean, it would still what you just said would hold true. I mean, you'd have to throw Hoagland against the three for sure. For and sure, at that point. Assuming he's healthy, do we even have? You know, and, I don't and even Rich, know why we're- Richard said something. He's like, he forgot to ask. Had Bianco on Monday and didn't ask him. All indications, from what I've been told, are they expect him to start this weekend. Yeah. So, we'll see what happens there. All right, let's move on over to football. That's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. If you're planning a big cookout anytime soon, like some people we might know might be, 
Well, Welcome Home Beef is definitely a place you need to go. And don't just limit yourself to what's on the uh, the shelves in there, although the shelves are packed with not only ribeyes and fillets and strips, but all sorts of cuts that'll make for great eating. But you can always talk to the guys there. Talk to the Sanders brothers there and tell them, hey, I'm looking for this, I'm looking for that. And, man, they have no problem placing those special orders and making them there for you. And, of course, if you're here in Starkville, it means it's just a hop, skip, and a jump over to Val's Market where all that stuff's already out there for you on the butcher's block ready to be bought by you. And, of course, if you're in North Mississippi, you need to call your local grocers and find out, hey, what do we have to do to get Welcome Home Beef products on the shelf here? A great Mississippi company, always good to support them. And, of course, the benefits are actually yours when you eat Welcome Home Beef. Call them today at 662-268-8148 or visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com. Find out how Welcome Home Beef will get it done with you because it just tastes good. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District, one of the best places to eat, not just in Starkville, but in the entire SEC. When you take a road trip around the SEC and you stack Two Brothers up against some of those other places, you're going to see what I'm talking about. The menu's fantastic. They've got so many great options, not just barbecue. Don't limit yourself. Don't walk in there thinking this is a barbecue restaurant. It's just so much more than that. Call them. I don't call them. Go by there today. Grab some food. Grab a cold beer. Enjoy the patio. And, man, Two Brothers is where it's at. 621 University Drive, that's where you'll find Two Brothers Smoked Meats with some smoked southern soul food. Advantage Business System says, hey, we've got you covered. Everything under one roof. A wide variety, a wide catalog of services, of software, of products. Everything you need to keep your office up and running, but provide it with great customer service that only a local business can provide. And that's what Advantage Business System is at its heart. A local business doing business with their fellow Mississippians for nearly 50 years. Nobody stays in business that long without taking care of their customers, and nobody does that better than Advantage Business Systems. Put them to work for you today and find out how that's going to happen and what they're going to be able to do for you. Call them at 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. You'll find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. Football time. Martin Emerson and Emmanuel Forbes. Joel, if I said, here's your All-SEC bra- uh, uh, bracket, you got to put your All-SEC team together. Are those your two first-team cornerbacks? I mean, <sighs> you got really the only other option here is Derek Stingley. It really is. I think I'm going Stingley, I think I go and, Stingley Forbes, and Forbes. Yeah. And then Emerson's my second-team guy. Yeah, and, and some of that... I wonder how much of that for us is – I mean, Forbes earned it, no mistake about it. I mean, he, what, he led the conference in picks last year, right? Yeah. How much of him leading the conference in picks last year was Emerson already had a little bit of a reputation, so it's pick on the new guy. Well, that's exactly what the point I wanted to make was, you know, and I, I think we talked about this before, the 99 defense, right? Smoot had five picks. Why did he have five picks? Because people knew not to throw at Robert Bean. The year before, Robert Bean had had five picks. So people said, hey, can't throw to him, throw to the other guy, and then Smoot took advantage. Yeah, That's what happened this past year. People, the scouting report was, stay away from Emerson. So you throw to Forbes, and now it's – this year it could be the other way around. Emerson could get back into the interceptions because people are going to say, no, don't throw at Forbes. The other problem with throwing at Forbes is this. He takes them back all the way. Three pick sixes as a freshman. Yeah. This duo is as good as anybody in the country, and they are the reason – if you can if you can have these kind of guys that can lock up great receivers, it just makes everybody's job easier on defense. They are easily the biggest advantage Mississippi State has defensively that Zach Arnett can take advantage of. There's no doubt about it, man. Um, and, and just think, you know, last year we went into the season thinking it was 
basically Martin Emerson versus the world kind of thing, and then Forbes developed into this superstar that I think most people might even trust more than Emerson at this point. Like, I, I don't know who's better. Like, if you had to... Well, I guess we did just rank them. I mean, we said if we had to put a, a first-team guy on there, it'd be Forbes, Forbes. Not, not Emerson. But, I mean, that there is no better tandem in the SEC. No doubt about it. I mean, you tell me a team that's got two better corners, starting corners than that. And, I mean, in a pass-happy league, you want good DBs, and State's got two of probably the three best in the conference. I mean, that's a – that's a heck of a place to start, like you said, for Zach Arnett. Yeah, especially for a defense that wants to be aggressive, that wants to get after, that wants to blitz. Just knowing you can put those guys out there and, and they're taking and you're taken care of. You've got two receivers that you're not really that worried about. You know, you're, you're worried about the slot guys, you're worried about the tight end, whatever it is. But you just feel confident in your ability to cover guys uh, at, at basically out there on the boundary, and that's good for Mississippi State. Beyond those two guys, though, is where we have to look. And, you know, who are those guys going to be? Um, Asias Furge last year had a start, had a pick in the LSU game. But against Arkansas, he had a rough, a rough day in that second week. Both the touchdowns came off of him. Um, I think, I mean, if he's your fourth corner, you're probably doing pretty good. Yeah. He doesn't need to be the third corner. And I think that role is going to fall to DeCamry and Richardson, uh, a freshman who redshirted a, a I guess he's technically a sophomore. I don't. I don't. Again, I don't know how any of this stuff works, but the word out of spring with him was that he was having a good spring, that he was taking the, the steps forward. I don't expect anything from Jalen Reed at this point in his career. Uh, I don't really expect much from Kyle Cass. Um, I guess if I had to put another guy in here, it's Jalen Green, who I think is going to play some corner, but he'll mainly be at safety. Yeah, but I, I mean, think the top four guys are Emerson and Forbes and then Richardson and I Furge. Mean, the scrimmages and uh, I guess the spring game that we saw, Green was always a safety. Like I, I don't think I've seen him line up at corner at all. I mean, not that he can't do it. He, he did it at Texas, so I mean, he'd know what he's doing if you stuck him out there, but yeah, I don't anticipate him getting in the mix. Um, you mentioned uh, Richardson. I mean, how do you even know what you got with him, though? I mean, he's talking about with, with Furge that you would just stick Richardson as your number three guy. Well, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm saying that's what it looks like it's going to be. I don't know what I have with Richardson. Yeah, you're, you know, you're right about that. I haven't, you know, haven't seen the guy play, <laughs> but I do know that that was the rumor mill out of out of and a big athlete. I mean, he's six two, hundred ninety pounds, hundred eighty five pounds. So he's a State has got big corners. Emerson is six two, and Forbes is six foot. I love that. You know, so many times, you know, five nine corners. I can't. I, I always see Alshon Jeffrey going up over Corey Broomfield, who Broomfield is a good corner. But you know, physically with these bigger receivers, you got to have guys that can match up, and State has that. So that's that's another good sign yeah. for State. I feel like State at corner and linebacker are in kind of the same boat at both of those positions, in that the front line guys you like, you're really kind of impressed with, mm-hmm. or better. You know, in the case of the corners. But beyond the front-line guys, you are really, I don't want to say worried, but depth at linebacker and corner, I think, it, it may be the two biggest questions of this defense. Is that fair? Yes. Yes, 100%. The, the depth at Because safety, I think you're fine. I think you got wise. enough guys there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, defensive line, I think you're fine. I think you're fine there. 
The depth at corner, though, is definitely the one for me. Oh, look at the, oh, look at this. We have a release of the SEC media days of what days, who's, to, who's saying what. <laughs> Wednesday, July 21st, Saban followed by Leach. Could you have a bigger dichotomy? Is this in Hoover? It is in Hoover this year. Like, let's, let's just go over this real in, quick. In attendance, like, can we go? Yeah, it's, okay. it's a real... Yeah. Real deal, okay. Yeah. Monday, Florida, LSU, South Carolina. Tuesday is Georgia, Kentucky, Ole Miss, and Tennessee. Wednesday is Alabama, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, and Vanderbilt. And Thursday for the dregs, although they, they left Auburn there, so some people would hang around. Uh, Sam Pittman in Arkansas, Auburn, and Missouri. Arkansas, Auburn, and Missouri. What a terrible sandwich that is. Uh, so State on Wednesday, July 21st, we'll hear from Mike Leach at his first real SEC media days. Prediction right now, who goes with him? Give me three players. Uh, let's see. Brule? I'd, I'd send Brule. Emerson? Yeah. He, he's, he, came, he comes to mind. And then you need a... I don't think they send Will Rogers. Austin Williams? Austin Williams. You get you nailed it. There it is. Those are your, those are, that's your we'll lock them in. Those are the three guys that are going. Either either Emerson or Forbes. It'll just depend. Yeah, those are who are going. For you know who I'd send? Who? Wally. I would send Jaden Wally. It's got a chance to be your biggest star. Yeah. Put him out there, let people get to know him. He's obviously got some character to him with judging by that picture that we get we saw. Yeah, put him out there. But we'll see what happens. I mean, Wally would be the one that for TV purposes and things like he he's the guy that was your breakout. You've got the best highlights guy. of him to show. Yeah. So. I mean, I guess you could do Wally Williams you, and uh, you could do Wally Williams as two receivers. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Are you uh you excited for this? To get back to to SEC mini day? Yes, normal. Yeah. Yeah. Walking around seeing your friends. Seeing the, that dead gum lobby of the of the radio uh, row just, the, and all the fans. Well, I was waiting on just everybody down there waiting on Get a glimpse of Nick Saban. That you know? dude with the ring hat. Yeah, he'll be back. Oh, because like being there on the day Alabama goes is a completely different adventure than, than being else. there on any other day. It really is. It really truly is. So, all right. Yes, that's, I'm very excited. That's, about that's that. got me excited too. I'll be, I'll be in Hoover, you know, in a couple of weeks for the SEC baseball tournament, but it's not the same. And he, the Braves just announced that starting May seventh, hundred percent attendance, Truist Park. Come on in. You going? I mean, I won't be there May the seventh, but well, you're be will able- I be there this summer? Yes. Very good. I like to hear that. But anyway, I, I, the, the Earth is healing, Brian. LSU or Louisiana announced 100 percent attendance this weekend for baseball, so everybody's getting back to normal. I love to see that. Love to see that. All right. Uh, yeah. So, in conclusion, State's cornerbacks are good. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Got off, off track that time. Media. I'm excited for media days. I, I and I think we and I've had this discussion before. There are so many people in this business. In this business, if you will, that are always like, oh, I hate media days. It's such so stupid. Dude, we sit in an air-conditioned room and talk about football for a few hours, and then we all go out and drink and eat that night. What What are you complaining about? We're not digging ditches over here. Yeah. Dri- dri- people who hate media days drive me insane. It's like, just shut up and go. So I, I, I enjoy media days. <laughs> I like seeing my friends from around the conference, all the guys who cover the different schools. We can see our friend Ben Portnoy. He'll be there, obviously, covering South Carolina. You know, guys at LSU from Ole Miss. I mean, I have. I would say there's a person that I at least consider a friend on ten beats out of fourteen. So I'm excited. All right, guys. 
tomorrow's show, oh, we'll do safeties uh, next week on the on the positional break. Now. Real quick before we leave, yeah, corners. If you had to rank the position groups, not people, just position groups in mm-hmm. order of trust, is corner number, number one. one? Absolutely number me one. Me too. Yeah, me too. I mean, the the, the the two starters are maybe the two best players on the team. Yeah, Wally can make a case. Wally can make a case. But um, I'm with you. But if you said two best players on Mississippi State teams are Martin Emerson and Emmanuel Forbes, I'm not going to argue against I'm not either. So, All right, tomorrow's show, Mississippi State-Texas A&M. Big preview, big series. Not getting not enough buzz, I think, and how important this series is. For State's got to State. handle their business. They have to handle their business. And in reality, they'd like to get all three. They really would like to get all three. Oh, you get all three in. You're just you're, sitting you're, pretty. That's, that, that's what I'm talking about, though. Do it there. Don't 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 put yourself in the position that you when you go to Alabama you're like we could really use a sweep here. Get it now. Get it at home. We'll talk about that tomorrow though. Guys, have a great uh, Thursday. Back with you on Friday for Joel T. Coleman. Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.